and we're back. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to Hawk Sense. I am your host, Alex Nicolau, and welcome to the first official episode of the new Hawk Sense, where we are 100% visual, everybody. I am so excited to be finally bringing this to you guys. I know it has been a little bit since we uploaded since Sh the Shazam movie, which is crazy, um, but we've been getting all this set up. I got a bunch of new equipment. You know, we have this new XLR mic, and I got this mic right here. Let me move that up there for you guys. Um, but, you know, I've been experimenting with all this. Also, we've been just so, so busy in Red Hawk Media, and it's, it was finals week, and you know how it goes. You know how it goes. So hopefully uh, you can be a little bit more understanding around this time with my absence. But, guys, you already know why we're here. You see my shirt. You see these pops. Uh, you see that mask. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, you see it. I don't got to do nothing. You see it. You see it. You see it. So, yeah, in this episode, everybody, we're going to be reviewing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and then we're also going to be touching on a little bit more superhero news towards the end, but a little bit something different we're going to be doing with this Guardians review is we're just going to go straight into it. No spoiler free, because if you have not seen this movie, you are missing out out completely i'm also just trying to you know uh ease myself into the review format with a visual because i'm kind of you know i'm usually kind of going with a script and i'm not trying to put up a whole lot of visuals and stuff and steal content from trailers and stuff. you know i want i want to have this podcast be a little bit more formal in that of it's not just like a video you know like it's not like a, a video review it's a it's a podcast review right you guys know what I'm trying to say here, but uh, I love the movie. It was fantastic. I mean, James Gunn has done it once again, and I, I am not afraid to say that this this rivals some of the great trilogies that we have. Two of the great trilogies we have in the MCU, that of Captain America and Spider-Man. And uh, it definitely beats out Spider-Man for sure. I mean, Far From Home really is a, it's a weak sequel in comparison to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which I believe is the one of the most superb films in the entire MCU. Um, and then we have Captain America Winter Soldier, which is also fantastic. But, uh, you know, Captain America and the Guardians trilogies, they both kind of clash together. And I don't, I, I don't, I'm not ready to make my statement on which one I think is better, but I, I just know that Guardians trilogy rivals it very, very much so. Uh, but this movie was fantastic. It was a love letter to all the Guardians fans out there. And you know what? I'm I'm not afraid to say that everybody is a Guardians fan. James Gunn is easily one of the greatest filmmakers of our time, and there th there's no debating that he truly is. And I I don't think any other um, director in the MCU can touch what he has done in the MCU, right? Everybody else has just been kind of following this little formula, and I, I and I think it it probably does have to do with the fact that he made these characters that nobody has heard of before, household names, and that he had this entire formula to himself to create, um, you know, with like Spider-Man and Captain America, you got to kind of follow what, what the characters have been doing over the years because they're more popular, especially with Spider-Man, you know, we have multiple iterations, multiple comics, games, shows, whatever, you know, um, so what he did with the Guardians is just unmatched, and... I don't want to say it's the greatest trilogy, but I think I'm gonna, I'm not, you know what? I'm gonna hold off. I'm gonna hold off. We're, we got, we got to hold off on that one because it could be true, but I just, I'm not, I'm not ready to make that statement right now. 
but the plot was I think let's talk about my only gripe about the movie. Let's talk about that a little bit first because I think the only gripe that I had about the movie was that it was a little fast in the beginning with everything happening. I mean, like we get introduced to I mean we we do get a little bit of his backstory. Uh then we get him walking, then we see Peter drunk, and then right away after Peter just tells him off and Nebula lays him in his bed, um Adam Warlock just swoops in and almost kills Rocket, you know? I mean so the the big baby, the big baby boy Adam Warlock attacks Rocket in attempt to capture him for the High Evolutionary, which we find out that he actually made the Sovereign, and the Guardians go on this like intense adventure to go find the cure for Rocket's injuries, where they meet up with this new Ravager Gamora, and through all this we get to see you know Rocket's backstory, which we're going to talk about after this, and Nebula just describes it as what worse as this is quote. Worse than what Thanos did to me. Thanos ripped out her eyes, replaced parts of her body, and she thinks that what Rocket went through is worse than what Thanos did to her. So it, even if we didn't see everything, and oh my god, what did I just think about this? Dude? I want to cry. Yo, don't. Oh my god, the first <laughs> word of English Rocket says is hurts. <laughs> I was, I was bawling my eyes out. I'm not like I'm, I'm like I'm getting like flustered right now, guys. I, I'm not afraid to admit I was bawling my eyes out. Tears were pouring down my face because I mean like you get so emotionally attached to these characters and it's 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 really like a a nod to the filmmaker because like if you're able to make me care about a raccoon. And make me ball my eyes out because I love this raccoon so much. Then you're doing something right. Am I right or am I wrong? So, um, I mean, like, his backstory was insane. So, I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, I don't know why you would be here. But, you know, like, uh, the high evolutionary kidnaps animals, lower life animals or beings from planets, especially Earth, to experiment on and to create the perfect society perfect world whatever and through that we see multiple animals from earth being experimented on including uh rocket's walrus friend teeths uh bunny rabbit uh named floor because he likes to sleep on the floor and he is crazy looking i feel so bad for that rabbit and then an otter named lila and uh he, unfortunately they all fall and that was just really sad. I cried then too. <laughs> but uh, it they did his backstory so well. I loved how he was the smartest of all the experiments, even though the eighty nine, um, you know, exper the, all of the eighty nine level experiments were just all mistakes, and they they weren't supposed to be as good as they they were. And Rocket was just so smart. He even outsmarted the High Evolutionary himself, and it infuriated him. To the point where he wanted to dissect Rocket's brain to figure out why he was so smart, what made him so smart, and that, like, that was like, oh my god, like, this is such a good backstory, and then it led up to the High Evolutionary uh, getting torn to shreds by Rocket because he killed his friends and, and, and led, you know, Rocket... Uh, escaped his grasp and got up to a ship and piloted his way out, and then that's that. I mean, like, they, they, the difference in this movie between the other two is insane. 
I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I know I'm skipping back and forth here. It's just like this movie, just like it's like replaying in my head, and these moments are just popping up, you know, from ear to ear. And it's just like I need to talk about this. I need to talk about that. You guys, you guys know exactly how it is. But the um, the start of the first two movies, we you know we get come and get your love, and then we get uh, Mr. Blue Sky, you know, and then we get the uh, creep by Radiohead, and it's uh, it's sad. This is the first one we've gotten where it's said even their introduction in Infinity War was happy, right? So this is a, it's very different uh, this time around. But he, James Gunn, bro, is such a genius. He is. I mean, he is the greatest filmmaker of our time. There, there is like one of the greatest. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna put myself in hot water. Uh, he's one of the greatest filmmakers of our time. He truly understands film and storytelling he is just a true genius and i um i'm so excited to see what he has in store for dc and i really hope he does do some more marvel stuff as well i mean it would lo- i would love to see him do a more grounded character in marvel but i i just you know i don't know but the reason i'm not doing like a spoiler free section is because i don't think there's like a review process for this movie because it's just like so like like just there it's all there for you to see you just gotta see it you know um but for breaking it down into like the categories and everything with the action let's say uh phenomenal like it it was fantastic and it was in great places great timing and i don't think there was a dull moment in any of the action especially in the orgo corp area i mean that was a great battle scene and then Obviously, uh, the final battle scene with all the Guardians, including the uh, Ravager Gamora, in the hallway. Oh my god, that was fantastic. All of them with their suits on. It was just... Like, wow. Easily one of the greatest hallway scenes that we have in the MCU. Topping Daredevil's first hallway scene, for sure. When it comes down to acting, I mean, Bradley Cooper's voice acting as Rocket, I mean... He did. A, I mean, there was a couple other voice actors who voiced Rocket. I mean, there was like the, I would say the teenager Rocket and the baby Rocket. I mean, that was, the baby Rocket was just sad, and I don't want to think about it because it's gonna make me cry. But the teenage Rocket, I mean, I don't know if that was. I don't think that was Bradley Cooper. Even if it was, kudos to him. But like, when uh, Lila died right in front of him, and the High Evolutionary was staring at Rocket, screaming at him, um, Rocket didn't do anything but scream. Like, he was just, because he was so angry and just so, like, distraught by the loss of his friend and what he, he, hey, like, their, the entire 89 crew was, you know, hoping for is just lost everything, lost. So, I mean, like, it's, uh, it was sad, dude. Acting was fantastic. I mean, even the high evolutionary himself, Chuck Woody Iwuji, like, I know, I don't know a lot of people saying, like, hey. Replace Jonathan Majors with him. I'm like, let's let's not go that far. <laughs> we don't know anything yet about that, but um, it, it, he did a fantastic job as his characters. I mean, for sure. I mean, like with a lot of the characters in the Guardians franchise, very unknown, uh, non-household names unless you read the comic books. So I mean, um, another great iteration of a character. I do think, like, I mean, I think it's because when I when I said again about my gripe. A little bit fast, you know, but I mean, it's the trilogy. We have a lot to, you know, we have a lot to catch up on. I mean, we've seen Adam Warlock in whenever Volume 2 came out, which was, what, 2018, 2017? 
right? So uh, it's been some it's been some time since then. So I mean, it's got to happen. And if they concluded that the sovereign was made by the high evolutionary, then come on, you know. Um, with uh, Adam Warlock, let's talk about that. Will Poulter. Now, me and John talked about this uh, earlier earlier this night um, about whether or not we liked his portrayal as Adam Warlock, or we felt it was too little, too. Uh, I don't think it was too much. I think we thought it was a little bit too little and he was just a big, dumb baby boy. I mean, that's just kind of what everybody's saying on Twitter right now. He's just a big, dumb baby. And, uh, he is, um, they made the excuse that he was taking out of his pod or chamber cocoon too long. I mean, too early. And, uh, even though he's this big, strong guy, he just doesn't understand like social cues or has like the most intelligence, which I think people are mad about because, that they gave him like the Drax treatment type of thing or the Thor treatment again with the big, big, powerful character. Adam Warlock can wield the Infinity Gauntlet and he he can barely teach this little what do they call him? Blup, bup, uh, blurp, uh, to you know sit down. You know, like he, it, it, the priorities aren't straight when it comes to characters that are just super, super strong like Thor and Drax and now Adam Warlock and they just are just dumb. That's what kind of ruined Thor and Thor Love and Thunder. And that's what people were complaining about Drax and they addressed in this movie. Um, but I think he did a good job. I think in the future, we just need to do a little bit of character tweaking. I would have liked a little more. I mean, that, that beginning sequence of him was actually really clean. I liked that a lot when he when he was first introduced. And it was quick. It was a quick interju- introduction. That's why I thought, like, this is kind of going a little fast here. I mean, we still got, like, two hours or so, right? And, uh... I think it was actually fantastic. I mean, with VFX and CGI, moving on here. Um, I mean, I don't think they've had any issues in the past. Um, I know they probably put a little bit more uh, attention to detail in big movies like this one. Because it's the end of the trilogy. The Guardians franchise is such a huge huge franchise now. Especially now that uh, I-, I would say it's their most profitable, fran- profitable franchise that they've created. You know, like, Spider-Man's always been around. Marvel's always been around. There's been Iron Man toys. There's been Captain America toys. But, like, they've been pushing Guardians. Like, there's no tomorrow. I mean, we have that new ride in Disney World that was fantastic. My favorite ride in Disney World now. Uh, I mean, they changed the, t- the Tower of Terror to a Guardians theme in Disneyland. You know, like, they're, like, really capitalizing on all of that Guardian stuff. So, I, I, I truly believe it's one of their most profitable franchises now. Um, but... Uh, no, no major flaws in VFX or CGI. One thing I do want to say is something I did enjoy and I kind of like, I, I kind of applaud them for doing this. So back when, uh, Groot was the original Groot, uh, they would have a guy in mocap and then give him like the Thanos treatment. I don't know if you guys saw the, uh, the, um, the behind the scenes for Thanos with Josh Brolin, they would have Josh Brolin wear the mocap, right, and then do his face, like, with the mocap suit, but then they have, like, stilts where the Thanos head would be above his head. They did that in the original movie, right, for Groot, but now in this movie, they didn't do that. The only time it was CGI was when he was showing his powers or close-ups or speaking lines, and any other time he was just in the background or walking around, like, just in the background, uh, he was a guy in a suit. Like, you can even see in the credits, it says, 
uh, Groot voice, Vin Diesel, and then Groot on set, and it would show the the actor's name. I apologize, I don't have it right now, but I, I do like how they did that. If I if I'm being honest, I wish they would start using practical effects more. We saw how great the Werewolf by Night looked. I mean, in comparison, I, I'm gonna do this again. In comparison for Halloween type figures in Morbius, like I said in that review, it kind of looked like a Snapchat face filter, and then Werewolf by Night just looked amazing because they used practical effects and not just cgi so i mean it was great uh moving on to cinematography come on come on who does no one does cinematography better in the mcu than james gunn it it, it was fantastic right it was fantastic now music in my opinion this was the weakest awesome mix out of the trilogy so mine's going two, one, three. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is my favorite out of the trilogy, no doubt. My favorite Guardians movie, even my probably my top five MCU movies. So it's it's no question on that. I mean the the the, the awesome mix, like it was just fantastic. I'm, I'm gonna pull it up here. I don't care. We're doing a podcast. We're not. This isn't no formal video. Uh, let's do Volume 2. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Mr. Blue Sky, Fox on the Run, Lakeshore Drive, The Chain, Bring It On Home to Me, Southern Knights, Sweet Lord, George Harrison, Brandy, Come a Little Closer, Wham Bam, Shangalang, Surrender, Father and Son, Flashlight, Guardians Inferno. Oh my god. Oh, that's with uh, David Hasselhoff, that one. Like, come on. Even Guardians Vol- Volume 1. Right? Hold on. There it is. There it is. There it is. Hooked on a feeling. Go all the way. Spirit in the sky. Moon Age Daydream. Fooled around and fell in love. I'm not in love. I want you back. Come and get your love. Cherry Bomb Escape. Oh, oh, child. Ain't no mountain high enough. Like, great music. In the first, uh, in the first movie, in the second movie, and then in the third movie, I I, th- I like the music. I just think in compa- in comparison, it was just so weak. I mean, Creep was good, Crazy on You was good. Since you've been gone, uh, Reasons, uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn, and then we get to Dog Days Are Over. We move to the two thousands, which are great. I mean, we get to another. Uh, Come and Get Your Love, Badlands, Bruce uh, Springsteen. I think it was a great track, but I just don't think in comparison to 1 or 2, it was better. Volume 2 easily takes the cake. Easily. Um, One thing I do want to talk about are the suits. Brilliant. Brilliant suits. Like Those suits were the most comic accurate. One thing I wish for. Now, I'm sure you're not going to be here still if <laughs> you haven't seen the movie. But when Peter's face was puffing up, right, I wanted Rocket to press something, a button or something, and the comic-accurate Star-Lord helmet came on his head. Like his actual helmet. That's one thing I wanted, right? Didn't happen, and that's okay. Beggars can't be choosers, right? We know that. We know that. Uh, I mean, the other characters that we see in this movie, I mean, when it comes to Gamora, I think all of us were waiting 
for Peter and her to reunite. Although it sucks that they didn't, I'm glad. It just brings this closure, not to just everybody's relationships and everybody's you know friendships. It brings a closure to the the franchise, this group, the Guardians, this version of the Guardians, and it's it's perfect. It leads them all into different journeys leading to themselves. There was a tweet that I saw earlier today. I mean, um, it was like, not everything can be perfect. Sometimes people need to see that it's okay to not be okay. And that people just sometimes need to move on. Perfect message. Although it hurts and has it leaves a hole in my heart. Perfect. Right? I love how Mantis is going off to find herself after you know being in under ego's foot her entire life and then having these couple of years with the guardians she she you know feels that she has a purpose in this world now she's going to find it nebula and drax are staying on nowhere to help out live don't make me cry right now it just <laughs> nebula says you were meant to be a dad to drax and drax is tears and he starts dancing when oh my god the parallel he says he'll never dance. And then he starts dancing. Oh, my. Guys. Guys. Oh, my God. What a good part. And then we see Gamora going back with the Ravengers. And it, it's it hurts to see. But, I mean, the future is so uncertain with all these characters. We don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know if they'll reunite. I bet they won't. And if they do, I don't know if James Gunn's going to be involved. And if then... I don't know how good it's gonna be, <laughs> um, but then we have um, the credit scenes, right? And I didn't want to talk about some of the other characters because of these credit scenes. Because in the mid-credit scene, we see the brand new Guardians of the Galaxy, everybody, which we have Rocket Raccoon. Oh my God! How did I forget about that, bro? The final battle with all of them. Am I stupid? Where he goes, names Rocket. Rocket Raccoon, and then he just blasts the High Evolutionary in the chest, breaking all of his abilities, and, and, and the Guardians take him out. Anyway, uh, I want to go see it again. What day is it? It's Tuesday now? I'm going to see it again this week sometime. Um, but then we have the mid credit scene where we see the brand new Guardians of the Galaxy, Rocket Raccoon being the leader, King Groot, everybody. I loved seeing that. I cannot wait to see more of him in the future. They're, they're for sure going to bring Groot back. Come on. He's 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 the golden child of the MCU. Sorry, Spider-Man. <laughs> you, you, you really are, but I mean, you're technically Sony's. Um, then we have Kraglin. We have Cosmo. We have Adam Warlock. And then we have Phyla, who is one of the new uh, recruits for the Guardians. She is one of the star kids. That were kidnapped by the High Evolutionary. Very interested to see where these new Guardians are headed. I know James Gunn has addressed that he will not be returning for this, these future films of the new Guardians. And he hopes that the next director doesn't try to copy the style. But create their own style within this new team. We, we, um... <laughs> Marvel fans on Twitter have already concluded to the fact that they're either going to completely copy it or completely butcher it. So we'll just have to see what happens in the future for that. But then the post-credit. When Star-Lord's talking with his grandfather, we get the screen 
the legendary Star-Lord will return. On Earth Adventures with Star-Lord is really... It's, it's not something I expected at all. But I just don't know how it's going to work. Like I said, the future is just so uncertain when it comes to the Guardians now. I mean, I know James Gunn said it doesn't set up anything. I mean, I don't know if he was just talking about, like, the King Dynasty movies and stuff like that. But, um, it's, it's, a uh, it's very confusing with the ending here. And, uh, I mean, it, all in all, it was just a fantastic film. The future is uncertain for the Guardians, everybody, but it, this, this film was fantastic. So to conclude, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was the perfect conclusion to everyone's favorite dysfunctional family. It's filled with heart, action, intensity, suspense, love, growth, and loss. It is truly the perfect ending to James Gunn's perfect trilogy. So for my official, unofficial review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, I am giving it a 9.5 out of 10. The point five <laughs> that it's missing is because I thought it was just a little fast in the beginning. I also want to leave a little message to James Gunn because I know you're watching James, you know, out of your busy schedule constructing the the dcu you're watching hawk since and i appreciate you for that um but just thank you you did such a fantastic job with this trilogy with these characters and, and the 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 entire comic book community just adores what you did and applauds you for your for your dedication and love for this for this universe and these characters that you've put in this universe and uh for someone who strives to work at Marvel Studios one day, it just it means so much that there is someone like you out there who has so much heart, talent, and dedication to take characters where people didn't know ever existed or ever cared about before and make them some of the most monumental characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So to you, James Gunn, thank you. In some other news, everybody, it looks like we are winding down the list of actors who are going to be playing in the Fantastic Four movie, and I'm not too happy with who you guys picked for our... Why is Adam Driver Mr. Fantastic, bro? Listen, man. Listen, I have nothing against Adam Driver. I think he's a great actor. He is not my Mr. Fantastic, bro. Guys, what did we do? What did you... No, what did... I, I'm not taking any responsibility for this. What did you guys do? You guys didn't like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and that made Marvel think that you didn't like John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic? This is your fault. We had peak Jonathan, John Krasinski... As Mr. Fantastic. And you guys complained. Now mommy and daddy took it away. And are giving us Adam Driver. Now Adam Driver I have no problem with you man. You're a great actor. You're just not Mr. Fantastic in my opinion. (laughs) 
there's a lot there's a lot of misinformation going around so i'm hoping those rumors are false because i know we also said uh there it was also said that margot robbie is playing sue storm and that mila kunis was playing the thing so i mean like i'm i'm, I'm taking everything with a grain of salt but the the scoopers that i that i follow all are saying that adam driver is our mr fantastic and I, I am prepared to be proven wrong. I have no problem if I am proven wrong and he turns out to be a great Mr. Fantastic. But as of right now, no. <laughs> I am not on board with it. Hey, I, I, listen, I was the same way when uh, Tom Holland took over as Spider-Man. And come on. Like, we like come on. So, just... Let's stop talking about that. Another thing that's been going on in the world of Hollywood, not just the comic book community, is the WGA writer strike. And uh, it's a very unfortunate thing that's happening right now, but um, it has put a halt on pre-production for Blade, right? Because of the writer strike. And it has put a pause on production of Deadpool 3. Now, although it's rather sad, and it may push back a little bit on both projects, um... Shut up, be patient. These people's needs need to be met. I mean, they're working for these large companies and not getting compensated the way they should. So everybody just shut up and let's be patient for a little bit, right? A couple more Spider-Man related topics before we wrap things up here, everybody. Um, this past Saturday, the first Saturday of May is always free comic book day. And our lovely, lovely, lovely friends at Insomniac gave out a free comic book which was a prequel to Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Guys, this month we will be getting PlayStation Showcase in which we're going to be getting hopefully some gameplay and I know a new trailer for Marvel Spider-Man 2 and from here on out the snowball is just going to keep getting bigger. Marketing is going to start we're going to get some pre-orders, probably more posters, stuff like that. We're probably going to get a collector's box, hopefully. Um, some details about the game revealed. So, I'm just so excited for that game, everybody. I mean, what I... Th now, a lot of people are wondering why they held out for so long. I mean, we're months away from this game, and we still have that one teaser we got two, three, almost, almost two years ago now, right? So, um... People are wondering, and in my opinion, I think it's because they're hiding huge details about the game. I heard a leak that Harry Osborn really doesn't have the symbiote, and Eddie Brock comes into play, and you're able to play as Venom. Like, there's a bunch of details that I've heard that are just um, huge about this game, and I'm, I'm wondering if they're true. I'm wondering if they're not true, so I'm just going to leave it up to them this month. I know we have PlayStation Showcase, like I said, so we'll just have to see then, but... um. Another thing, guys, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. We are now less than a month away from Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Everybody, please get excited. As of Monday, May 8th, tickets are on sale, so go get your tickets, everybody. Next podcast, I have a little, have a little bit of a surprise for you. Burger King <laughs> is doing an entire collaboration with uh sony and with spider-man across the spider-verse and is offering a bunch of menu items spider-verse themed 
ha uh, and ha Happy Meal Toys, Burger King, Kids Toys and stuff. So we're going to be doing a taste test of every single product that Burger King has for Spider-Verse. Hopefully get some toys there too. Um, I can't wait to do that. That's going to be fun. We'll probably do it next week. Um, but guys, we're, we're less than a month away from the movie and I'm so excited. We have, you know, we, we got our character revealed for Scarlet, for Scarlet Spider. We have, um, Andy Samberg voicing him. Pretty crazy. Jake Johnson and Haley Steinfeld reviewed this morning, which is May 8th, Monday, that, uh, there is going to be a Lego universe. And if there's a Lego universe, what other universes are they tapping into? I know we had rumors of live action universes. I mean, the sky is the limit at this point with this movie, and I am just so excited, and I, I cannot wait to do a review on it with you guys. But I think that about covers it for this week's episode, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed the first real, right, real visual podcast. We're not counting the tier list as real visual episodes of Hawkins. I mean, they are visual episodes, but like this is like the real actual podcast episode. I mean, we're reviewing movies, we're talking about news, so I hopefully... Th this was good if you guys have any tips leave them in the comments down below or if you guys want to personally dm them to us you can follow us and then dm us at our instagram at redhawk.media once again guys thank you guys so much for listening hope you guys enjoyed and i'll see you guys next time bye